It's episode 85 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back. Thanks as always for joining me on yet another episode of Keto for Women. We have a really great Keto Hot Seat episode coming at you soon. But first, I have to introduce you to somebody. There is someone else joining us for this episode of the Keto for Women show, and hopefully lots of episodes in the future if I don't scare her away. As I have mentioned, gosh, it's probably been a few months ago even that I first mentioned I would be trying out a co-host for the Keto Hot Seat episodes because it just gets really, really hard for me to ask the questions, answer the questions, stay on task, make sure I'm actually getting to the point. You probably all have noticed that at some point in these Keto Hot Seat episodes. And I just think that it would be helpful for me to have someone around, first of all, to ask the questions, but then also to ask any follow-up questions that maybe you as the listener might have based on what I've said as the answer and all that good stuff. So... I have my business manager, Kristen, here with me on this episode and hopefully some future episodes. I don't know. She gets scared easily. So this is way beyond my job description. It really is. You did not sign up for this. No, I didn't. Kristen, hello. Welcome to the Keto for Women show. Hello, everybody. I would like for everyone to know you as well as I do, but that may take like five years because that's how long it's been (laughs) that I've gotten to know Kristen. But why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, you know, most kids in elementary school say they want to grow up to be, you know, a doctor, nurse, or firefighter, something like that. And I wanted to be a radio DJ. So I feel like... You're fitting right in already. This is the closest that I will ever come to living out that dream. So thank you for that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, see, I'm just having you live your dreams. That's yeah, all. Yeah. But no, in reality, I'm also a nutritional therapy practitioner. I went through the NTA back in 2015, 2016. So following the footsteps of Sean and knew going into it that I probably wouldn't end up taking the traditional route of working with clients one-on-one. It's not really my jam, but I did want to find a way to merge my previous background in business with my huge health and nutrition passion. So once I finished up the NTP program, I ended up working on the technology and online side of business for a really well-known, quote-unquote, paleo-based functional medicine practitioner, and then eventually branched out on my own. Mm -hmm. And now she's helping me. So basically, what I can tell you about Kristen is that she is doing every single thing that you don't see for my business. I'm pretty much at this point just the face and the voice of Sean Miner Health, and she's everything else. So really happy to have her doing that part for me, but then also excited to have someone to talk to. So I'm not just talking to myself in every single one of these episodes, (laughs) which gets a little old. If you haven't noticed, it's hard. I would imagine. Yeah. No, I really like executing. 
Sean, you come up with the good ideas and then I just help make them into something. Way better. (laughs) (laughs) You help make them actually doable. I would like for everyone to know, because I know, and I guess we should clarify also that not only is Kristen my business manager and has been now for about a year, but also we've been really good friends for much longer. And we actually became friends because of our passion for nutrition. At that point, for both of us, it was just a hobby. It was just something we were doing for ourselves. And our first actual friend date was making liver. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, who does that? Because <laughs> we're cool. Yeah, we made liver pate and it was so gross that we actually threw it out. We had maybe two bites and threw it out. It was that bad. But this sparked the friendship. I think our next date was eating sardines. And so, yeah, we have this really unique friendship, which is great. But I would like for everyone to know a little bit about why you do have this passion for nutrition and food for yourself. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think all of us in this space, and probably a lot of you guys listening, we all got here through a similar way. And that is we had some sort of health struggle. And for me, I worked 10 years in design and advertising, and it's a very competitive, high stress industry. There's a lot of jobs out there just like that, long hours. And then years into it, I found myself just sick, just feeling like crap. I wasn't sleeping. I was eating a lot of processed food. It's just chronic stress all the time. And it really made a mark on my health. And so I started to research. It started with listening to podcasts and reading books and Googling for hours and hours after work. And I just kind of fell into the hole. And the more that I learned, the more I wanted to. And I got to the point where I decided to, I wanted to make it a little more official and get certified. And yeah, and the passion grew. So I think, yeah, a lot of people out there have struggles and I do too and did and still do. And it's such a young science, nutrition, and there's always something to learn. Everything's always changing. So it's an interesting place to be right now. Yeah. And Kristen is the type, which I know a lot of you recognize in yourself, that studies and researches everything. It's Mm -hmm. her passion and hobby to do that with everything. And she did that with nutrition. So that's how she found this place to be for herself. But she also did dabble in keto. She pretty much sticks to a paleo real food lifestyle. Now, tell us a little bit about that keto thing that you did there. You know, at the time, I think everybody goes through cycles and ebbs and flows. And at the time, I was having some wonky hormonal stuff and had read a lot about keto and how that could be used as a tool to help stabilize hormonal issues. So I gave it a go for a few months. It worked really well, at least for me, to do that. And I started to experience some other issues that weren't there before that I thought perhaps were because of keto. So I transitioned out of it after a few months, but kind of go back and forth. I think having that metabolic flexibility is great. And that's something I like to maintain, but I don't eat keto 100% of the time, but it's cool. Well, that's just a testimony to (laughs) the fact that you don't have to be keto for the rest of your life in order to enjoy that fat burning state. She still very much eats a higher fat, lower carb lifestyle than probably maybe even a lot of paleo, you know, air quotes people, but it works for her and she is enjoying that. So it's just proof that 
there's a lot of different ways you can go about this. And all that matters is you're doing what's right for you. And that's obviously her philosophy as well. So that's why she's a great addition to this show. So how it's going to work, Kristen will be here to ask the questions that you have provided us. And she will chime in if there's something that feels like there needs to be more explanation, or maybe she has even a differing opinion than I do or wants to expand on something I said, or, you know, maybe the question turns into a whole conversation. We don't know, but just be prepared for that. I think it'll be really fun. We will still make sure to answer your questions. So don't worry about that. One last thing that I want to say before we get into it is this is Kristen's first time ever, besides when she was like seven, being this radio DJ. First time ever actually being in front of a mic, talking to people. So she's doing great already, but just just a little bit of a <laughs> buffer there to let you know it may take a few episodes before we really get into this because it's hard. I don't think anybody understands how hard it is to podcast. Oh, just even like right now, I'm learning how I'm becoming so painfully aware of how I'm breathing and, <laughs> and how many times I say like an um or... Yeah. Any of those things. It yeah. took me about a year to stop saying like an um, Oy. every other word. It was really hard because you have to fill this void. You think you do have to fill the space, but you don't have to. They can just listen to nothing for a second while you're thinking. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll get into the questions now and it will be really fun. We have some great questions coming at you. All right, Kristen, you ready for some questions? Let's dive in. I'm really impressed. Actually, no, we're not ready for questions yet because I need to just make a few quick announcements. (laughs) Just Just kidding. kidding. (laughs) It was a test. You passed. Oh, great. One just really quick announcement that I want to share is that coming up very soon, basically next month, if you're listening to this when it airs, I'm starting to do some in-person meetups just while I'm traveling out and about. I want to try to meet as many of you as I can in person. That was one of my goals for 2019. So I will be doing these meetups as I go to the NTA conference in Portland, as I go to KetoCon in June. When I'm in LA for Expo West, I'll be doing a meetup there. So I just want you all to start thinking about it. Have it be on your radar. I will give the official information next week on the next week's episode, but I just want you to know it's coming. All of the information for everything I'm going to try to do this year will be over at seanminer.com slash events. So you can head over there anytime and check it out, see what's coming in your area. Hopefully we can meet in person. I did just want to bring that up really quick, even though I'm not even giving any real detail yet, just a teaser of what's coming in 2019 and that hopefully we can be friends in real life. Before we move on with the show, I have a great offer to share with you all coming from our friends over at ButcherBox. As most of you know by now, ButcherBox is the go-to source for the highest quality, best tasting meat sourced from happy, healthy animals. And I think we're all aware by now how important that is. For me, it's the only meat I'll eat because it's the only meat I trust these days. Even the meat at the grocery store nowadays that's labeled grass-fed isn't enough for me because many times that cow was still fed grains to fatten him up and they don't have to put it on the label. Cows are not meant to eat grains ever. This causes them to be really sick They store toxins in their fat, and then we eat it, and it makes us toxic as well. None of this funny business happens with ButcherBox meat. Their beef is 100% grass-fed, 
grass finished. Their pork is heritage breed pork and their chicken is pasture raised, which is pretty much impossible to find at a grocery store, yet so important. In order for a chicken to be truly healthy, it needs space to roam and feed off of its natural habitat. This does not happen with mass produced chicken that most of us are eating today and that's what's being sold to us. As you can see, I'm super passionate about this topic, the quality of meat I eat and the quality of meat I recommend you eat and so is ButcherBox. If you haven't already made the switch to better meat and you feel like now is a good time, go to butcherbox.com KFW and get a really great deal. For the month of January, ButcherBox is giving away two pounds of wild Alaskan salmon to every new member who signs up in their first box. That's two pounds of the best quality of salmon you can get. This salmon is awesome. I've tried it. It's beautiful. It's the most wonderful salmon color. That's how you know it really is a good quality piece of fish, and it tastes amazing as well, of course. Again, head to butcherbox.com slash KFW, stands for Keto for Women, and get your hands on this offer, two free pounds of salmon to every new member in their first box. You don't want to miss this opportunity. It is only happening in January 2019. Free salmon, butcherbox.com slash KFW. I promise you, you will not be disappointed that you made this choice. Beyond being the best quality meat, it is the best tasting meat I have ever had in my entire life every single time. Their quality is just amazing. And it's delivered right to your door, so you don't even have to do anything. You don't have to go to the store. It's all right there at your doorstep. You put it in the freezer. It's good to go for a month. You've got nothing to worry about. Head to butcherbox.com KFW. Okay, now we can do questions. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I figured this is the first keto hot seat episode of 2019. Maybe we go back to basics. And Christina and Ashley both submitted questions basically about how do I get started? Ashley says, how do I start when I haven't eaten healthy for five years? I don't even know what to eat anymore. Where do we start? Yeah, I think that's a great thing. I love, love, love that we got this question because, you know, keto has just absolutely exploded right now. It's just exploding and it has over the past years, which is great. And I hope that continues and I hope it continues for the right reasons in that people are looking for health gains, not just going for the weight loss, but really trying to get truly healthy and balanced. I'm really hoping this is the change for the better and not just a fad thing that will eventually die down. And it's up to all of us as Keto for Womeners to make that the thing, make it not die keep it up, keep talking about it, keep talking about how well you're doing these health benefits that you're finding from being keto in order for it to become more of a lifestyle instead of just the next fad diet. So it's up to every single one of us, but already I digress. What I really am excited about though, is that since it has exploded so much, there's obviously a lot of people that are starting keto for the first time, but it also has been something that's been around for a long time and there's a lot more people talking about it. There's tons of podcasts out there now, tons of bloggers, tons of influencers. And it seems like 
in that time, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about how to get started. It's like, we're talking so much about all of the nuances of keto and all the different things that can go on once we're in ketosis, but we still need to talk to the people, which are so many right now that just want to get started and want to get started the right way for them. So I'm really happy in episode 85 to be taking it all the way back to the beginning. And this is what we're going to do for both Christina and Ashley and tons of people out there right now. Now, as you all can imagine, I am not going to be giving you the answer that involves downloading an app to track your macros, figuring out which macros work for you, getting into this percentage profile. I'm not going to do any of that. I think you all understand that about me by now. That's not how I operate, mainly because if I tell you to start that now, then it's going to be harder for you to stop that in a few weeks when it's really becoming this unhealthy pattern and more of an obsession and you're stopped living your life because you're so focused on your macros and your apps and calculators and all that thing. So I don't even want to start with it for you. I want you to start totally 100% already thinking about what you're putting on your plate in the way of how it will affect you as a person and not what someone else is telling you or what your app says you need to eat today. So we're going to go about it the non-traditional way of keto and how to get started just using your own body. The first step Absolutely always, 100% of the time, no matter what diet you're doing, for that matter, it doesn't even have to be keto, no matter what, the first step is always to eat real food. So this is where for Ashley in particular, she hasn't eaten healthy in over five years and probably isn't putting a whole lot of real food things in her diet right now. She's probably relying on these packaged processed foods. But Sean... What is real food? Well, I'm so glad you asked because there are people who honestly don't know what that means. And that is very common. And I totally understand why people don't get that right now because there are so many packaged processed foods. That's by far what is in our grocery aisles that it's confusing because you just think that anything is real food. It totally is because marketing is BS. And a lot of those packages say it contains real food. Yeah, So who knows what that even means? They will say all real food ingredients, and then you turn the label around and it's anything but real food. I know. It's really, really sad, which that is a good point in that if you are eating real food, there's going to be very few things in your diet that even has an ingredient label to read because it's just going to be like coconut oil or steak or beef, vegetables. These things don't have ingredient labels because they're just one ingredient. They came from the earth. So that's the first thing you really want to focus on those foods that don't have ingredient labels to read come from either an animal or the earth as in it was grown in the earth and harvested and is now on your plate. So if you can start there, and I know it's super hard, especially if you're someone who hasn't really been doing this for a while, but it will make the biggest difference in the world. It will automatically make you 
eat a lower carb, higher fat lifestyle. That's just what it does when you're taking out these packaged processed foods that are, you know, the cookies and chips and crackers and bread, all that stuff. Obviously it's all carbs. If you're relying on these real food sources of carbohydrates, like sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, bananas, plantains, apples, those kinds of foods, Yes, in the keto space, they're quote unquote higher carb, but in just a real food way, in just a typical diet, that is still a lower carbohydrate diet. It is very, very hard to get into a high carb diet eating just bananas and sweet potatoes. It takes a lot. So keep that in mind. That's the very first step. And I would say that you're going to spend two to three weeks, maybe even for someone like Ashley, where this is totally new, you're spending four to six weeks in just that place of eating real food and understanding what that means. Well, I love how Ashley included a time frame in her question. She hasn't eaten healthily for five years because that's a great reminder that when you do something for five years and then decide you want to change, it's not going to happen immediately. You need to be patient with yourself and give your body time to adjust. So, you know, even taking six or more weeks to transition into something technically in the grand scheme of things is really quick. Yeah, exactly. It still is. It may seem at the time like you want to move faster, but it really still is a short period of time and will make a huge, huge difference. I really, really don't like it when people go from standard American diet, like all the crap processed food into keto, because then you're just doing this quote unquote dirty keto. If you have heard anybody talk about that and you're not really getting into this place of eating the right nutrients, focusing on the real food, and that is what makes makes keto really, really great or not so great, right? And something that could be doing some long-term damage. So we talk about that all the time here on Keto for Women. I know you all get that, but if you're just worrying about getting started and you're back at this square one, please make that the first step. So then from there, the second step is you're taking those higher carb real foods. So we talked about those being like sweet potatoes, some sort of fruit, plantain, squash, things of that nature. You're taking those, figuring out at this point, you may be having that type of food at every meal. Maybe some of your snacks are fruit too, and you're just paring that down a little bit. So now you're having that type of food once or twice a day and the other meals and snacks are going to then naturally become more fat and protein based because you got to have food still. And so you're just naturally going to, when taking out those higher carb foods, replace them with fattier based snacks, maybe more protein too at your meals, which is fine at this stage. Just work on getting those higher carb foods just to be a little bit less frequent. You're still going to have them, and you're still going to have them every day. It's just not going to be every meal every day. So you're doing that again for a few weeks, I would say. And then the third step is you're just taking out those higher carb real foods. So maybe you're used to having bananas as your higher carb food. Maybe now you make that berries instead. Maybe instead of having sweet potatoes, you're having spaghetti squash or something. You're taking out those higher carb real foods and focusing on the veggies, focusing on the meats and focusing on the fats. Again, it's going to be this natural thing that you do when you're really just trying to 
build this nice plate of food that when you take off the sweet potato from your plate, you put on lots of vegetables. And those are going to be the lower carb veggies, which I personally am someone in the keto space that just thinks all veggies are low carb. Just have some beets. If you want beets, have some carrots. If you want carrots, have leafy greens, have cauliflower, have broccoli. I don't care what vegetables they are. Just eat vegetables and fill your plate with those vegetables. And then the cool thing is that with keto, you also obviously have to eat a lot of fat and vegetables, really, in my opinion, any vegetable is way better with fats on it. Like salad, put all the dressing, put all the avocado. If you're roasting some vegetables, put all the butter, ghee, coconut oil, that stuff on it. It tastes so much better and it will help you get that fat level up to where it needs to be to actually get into ketosis. So then at this point, you're eating lots of veggies. You're having a serving of meat at every meal, which is going to be probably a little bit less than the palm of your hand. That's the easiest way to kind of determine how much meat to have at each meal. Just take it the palm of your hand and look at it and then like chop off a corner. (laughs) And that would be a good portion of meat for you if you want to be in ketosis. And then all the fats. So I would say at least two to three servings of fat at every single meal. And all your snacks should be fat-based as well too. That will get you to the point of eating enough fat to get you into ketosis as well. So really this all in all could take anywhere from four weeks to two months, I would say. And that is because you are doing it slowly and safely for your body as a woman, as someone who wants to take care of their health. You're not doing any sort of crash dieting. You're not doing any sort of major disruption to your body so that it does not know what's going on and becomes super stressed out. That's what's really important here on the Keto for Women show. That's what I teach in the Fat Burning Female Project. That's why the whole Fat Burning Female Project actually came to be is because too many women were just tanking their bodies by jumping into ketosis and we don't want to do that. So this really kind of takes each step. It gives you the time to take each step and it makes it a lot easier on your body. So that would be my way to get started. And you don't even have to track or measure anything. That's actually a great segue into our next question from Cindy. She's been eating keto for six weeks. I test my blood and I'm in ketosis. Meter reads four to six. I have not yet started to feel great or experience loads of energy or mental clarity. I'm a soda drinker, have been for a long time, and I'm assuming my body is healing. How long can it take to start feeling the benefits of a keto diet? Yeah, this is actually really interesting because those meter readings on the blood ketone meter are pretty darn high. So 4.0 to 6.0, that's beyond nutritional ketosis, actually into starvation ketosis is what it's known as. So I'm very curious as to how you're getting these readings. Are you taking exogenous ketones? Are you fasting way too long for your body? What is causing that? If you're just kind of eating normally, you know, this normal ketogenic diet that you've been doing for six weeks and getting that high of a reading, I would be kind of wondering if your body's not actually utilizing the ketones that you are producing. This is actually quite common if someone just makes the transition. They spend a few days having these ketone readings, but not feeling the benefit. And the ketone readings are actually a little bit higher than they would normally end up being when someone is actually in their typical range of ketosis. And it's just because your body hasn't yet 
kind of figured out that process of how to utilize those ketones in every single cell of your body for energy and and all of its purposes that they do. So especially since you're not feeling any benefits of keto, be a little bit suspicious that that might be going on. If that's the case, I would actually maybe even tell you to back out of keto for a little bit and just really focus on eating the three good square meals a day of real food ingredients, making sure you're really nourishing your body back out just a tad. You don't have to be totally out of ketosis, but back up just a tad. Maybe don't do it quite as strict. You can go back to my show, Are You Ketoing Too Hard? and figure out if that's something you're doing and see if that helps. You might have just kind of jumped in way too hard, way too fast, and your body's not quite caught up to what you're trying to do. That would be my first thing to say. My second thing would be that you do obviously have a lot of healing to do. You are coming from being a soda drinker. I would assume your blood sugar is not probably totally regulated and balanced out because you were a soda drinker. You really probably are going to want to start testing your blood sugar as well as your ketones. So test your blood sugar fasted when you wake up, test one hour after you eat, and then test two hours after you eat. I've talked about this quite a bit in past episodes. And just see where you're sitting with your blood sugar. Ideally, you don't want it to ever get above 130 And you never want it to get any lower, I say, for people in ketosis than 75. So hopefully you're somewhere in between those. But just really start tracking that stuff too and see how you're doing. See if maybe that is the reason why you're still feeling sluggish. If you have imbalanced blood sugar and you're kind of all over the place, maybe your blood sugar is high, maybe it's low, you're going a little hypoglycemic. Both of those are reasons to not feel the benefits of ketosis, adrenal issues, hormonal imbalances, not sleeping well. There's a ton of reasons why you may not be experiencing this. And it's just, again, another place for you to start learning more about your body. Start taking this as information like, okay, I started keto six weeks ago. My ketone readings are off the charts high, but I don't feel it at all. This is more information for you to gain about yourself. Again, it could be a number of things, but you're just gathering information at this point, especially being six weeks in. Yeah, there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle, right? This is a great example that we're all unique. Our health pictures are all different. So, you know, you can't just look at one variable or two or three even, you know, you need to really dig in and start to gather up more pieces of that puzzle, get a full picture. Yeah, it's always for me when someone's like, I'm not feeling the benefits of keto and I'm doing keto and I'm producing ketones. All it says for me is there's something else going on that you need to keep digging. And I know I say that a lot. I'm a broken record with that. But that's the whole point of this whole show is to give you the tools you need to keep digging. All right. I have exciting news coming from our friends over at Rasa. I know a lot of you are already on the Rasa train, but for those of you who haven't tried it yet, Rasa coffee is a coffee alternative that's made of adaptogens with no caffeine. These adaptogens are super herbs. They help you combat and cope with stress while also providing a natural and healthy energy boost. The biggest question I get about Rasa is, does it taste like coffee or what does it taste like if it doesn't taste like coffee? 
And I will tell you, no, it doesn't taste like coffee, but it does still provide that hearty, robust, earthy, warm beverage that you want in the morning when you wake up. I know that's kind of the first thing I crave when I wake up. And Rasa does it for me without the caffeine or the jittery feeling that comes with it. The cool thing is that now Rasa has come out with two new flavors and you are going to want to get your hands on them. First, there's the cacao Rasa. This is a blend of the original Rasa with cacao beans. The combo creates a rich chocolatey beverage that is so good and it's great as a mid-afternoon pick-me-up. It has less than five milligrams of caffeine, so it makes for a very non-stimulating coffee alternative that you can have at any time throughout the day, and it's packed with those great adaptogens and antioxidants. I've been whipping mine up with some coconut cream in the middle of a chilly day, and it really hits the spot for that little mid-afternoon treat. But keep in mind, there's no sweetener at all, which is great for us keto ladies. And that means it gives you that chocolatey flavor without the sweetness. You guys are going to love it. It's also still going to do all those same great benefits to support your adrenals and your stress response while giving you a little bit of a boost midday. Then there's the Dirty Rasa, which contains a little bit of organic, fair trade, women grown and operated coffee mixed in with their original Rasa. This does have a little bit of caffeine for those days when you just need a little extra pizzazz in your day, and also great for those looking to slowly wean themselves off of caffeine or just drink a little bit less caffeine. It's kind of Rasa's idea of a half calf situation. But again, you're getting those adaptogens, you're getting that health health benefit of the original Rasa at the same time. Now, I've actually been mixing both of the two flavors together as my morning pick-me-up, and I have to say it is so yummy. You've got to try it, especially blended with some healthy fats like coconut cream, ghee, coconut oil, MCT oil. Blend that up. It will really hit the spot, whether it's in the morning or maybe even mid-afternoon. Our friends over at Rasa, they love us here at Keto for Women, which means they're giving us 20% off of your order when you go to wearerasa.com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four women, and you will get 20% off your order. Again, that's wearerasa, R-A-S-A, Dot com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four women, and get 20% off your order over on their website. A huge thanks to Rasa for helping this show come to air and for that amazing deal they're giving to all of us. You ready for another? Yes. Okay. This one's a little bit long. I'll paraphrase a little bit from Lynn. She says... You've spoken many times about how counting, calculating, recording every bite of food is stressful on the body, and I would agree. I lost a number of pounds a year ago on keto, very strict keto, but still have 25 left to be where I was four years ago. I'm so confused about how many carbs, fat, and protein to eat. I appreciate your philosophy on nutrition, keto, body image, etc. It's refreshing after following a much stricter keto philosophy. How do you suggest I put myself in a more relaxed outlook on my keto eating while finding the sweet spot for my body? This is a good one. It's a good one because it's everything I talk about, right? Is relaxing on your diet, taking a break from the macros, from your calculating and tracking, and just getting back to living and enjoying life. I think it is just absolutely crazy the amount of energy and stress and everything we put on our body 
simply based on the food that we're eating. Like, why does it have to be that hard? It really shouldn't be. And it's not if you're just eating foods that you know work for you, if you're feeling really good. And if you're not in ketosis or you're not eating the macros that your neighbor is when she's getting results, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. I promise. So that's my first tip is you just have to think about it much less. So take out all of the incoming information that you're getting, whether you're listening to this Facebook group, talk about all of the success they had when they did these macros and you're on the blog posts and you're listening to podcasts, you have all of this information coming in and it's all outside influence that has nothing to do with you. And that is going to keep you 100% of the time away from actually listening to your own body because you can't listen to what your body is telling you. You can't do what's right for you when you're so focused on what everyone else is doing. So please, 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 even if that means that you don't log into Facebook, maybe you can deactivate yourself from those groups and just get back to your own life, your own body, your own health and chill with it all. My best thing is just finding something else that you want to obsess about that's actually fun. Maybe you love to knit or you like to go play bingo or something like that. Go do something fun that has nothing to do with your diet because you've got to get yourself out of that hole that you've now dug about keto. You're in this space and you have been very strict keto. You had good success with very strict keto, at least from a numbers standpoint, although I would be very cautious in actually saying that from a health standpoint, to be totally honest with you, you lost weight, but what else did you lose in that process? Did you cause a hormonal imbalance? Did you stress out your body? You say you're noticing that you're feeling a little bit more stressed about food and that is a really good sign that you probably caused some adrenal damage through the process of being very strict keto. And so you kind of have gotten into this place where you are in the keto hole. You're in the very strict keto world and you've got to dig yourself out. So maybe just get back to that non-keto life that you were living before. Not that you're not going to be still eating a high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb diet. Not that you're not still going to be looking for signs that you're in and out of ketosis, looking for signs that you're gaining or losing health. Obviously, that's all going to be a part of it, but there's also a lot of other stuff that you can do to really get back to enjoying life again. And I would just say, trust the process, stop comparing Remember the ultimate goal in life is just to live it and enjoy it every single moment and let it all just go just a little bit. I, again, would go back to that episode about if you're ketoing too hard and just maybe take some of those cues and run with it and just focus on how you're feeling. If you're feeling really, really good or you're noticing great improvements with your health, then keep doing that. If you're not, just mix something up a little bit. And it may just be to loosen the strings just a tad. That might be all you need. There's a lot of different things you can do, but you can't do it if you're still focused on these outside influences. So that's the number one best thing to do. Good advice. It always works. <laughs> hard to do though. It is so hard to do, especially with social media, everything in our faces all the time. You really got to practice ignoring 
Yeah. I mean, I really think that social media, Facebook, all that stuff is kind of really putting some major damage on our diets these days. Yeah. I have this little screenshot on my desktop, on my laptop that I look at every once in a while. I think it's so right. It says how to be happy. Ignore people who think they know more about you than you do. Yeah. And it's true. It's so true. And that's all I want you guys. If I could say one thing to every single person and just ended the podcast right here, right now, forever, it would be you do you. That's all there is to it. It gets so much easier that way. Yeah. I mean, I think deep down Lynn and everyone else, we all know how many carbs, fat, protein to eat. We all know. We just forget how to get in touch with ourselves, I think. Well, the real thing with that one, and I forgot to mention this, is that is not going to be the same thing every single day. If you're really, truly trying to figure out how many fat grams, how many carb grams, how many protein grams to eat every single day, then you would realize that it's not ever going to be the same every single day. So it's just pointless to even try. It really shouldn't be because, you know, it depends on how much you slept, how much you worked out, how much you sat, how much you thought just any number of factors involved in your daily life. Like no day is ever exactly the same, which means no day of food should ever be exactly the same. And if you are truly tapped into your body, you would feel that and know that. And you wouldn't have this question anymore because you'd realize it was pointless to ask that because you're not going to get an answer. Every day is going to be so different. Yeah. Well, we have so many brands and people out there now who so confidently tell us that they know what we need to be doing Mm -hmm. and what we should be doing. And it makes us question what we are doing. It makes us think we don't know ourselves as well as we should. And again, you as someone who has been in advertising and marketing, know that it's because that's what makes money. Heck yeah. People will buy that. People will follow you. People will do that. I'm kind of going against the grain and I refuse to do any of that. Even if it would make me more money, I don't want to do that for anybody because that's not reality. That's going to cause you a lot more damage in the long run. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about some more fat? Let's talk about fat, baby. All right. Well, we got a cool question from Anne. I like this one. She says... She's two weeks into keto and going way over her fat grams as she is craving fat. She gets up in the middle of the night to eat sour cream. What the heck is going on? And Anne is 49 premenopause. So what the heck? Craving sour cream, huh? Really, really funny. She seems very perplexed, which I would be too. The sour cream craving is not one I have ever experienced, I have to say. Now, the first thing before we even answer that question, first we need to dive into this a little bit more. Again, going back to what I just said, good segue, because she is just proclaiming that she's going over her fat grams, which who said? Who's to say what your fat grams are? and what the right level is for you and that anything above that is going over. So if you're craving fat, then that means you need fat. So there's probably something within that that your body has been neglected with in the past. You know, if you're coming from having a low fat, zero fat diet, like we all did at one point in the 90s, 2000s era, then you might just be really deficient in fat-soluble vitamins perhaps, or even just a good combination of saturated and unsaturated fats. So it might just be that you need that fat. Maybe your body is like, oh my gosh, I have been craving this for 20 years and you never let me have it until now. And now you're making up for it. Just because you have somehow determined on some sort of macronutrient calculator what your fat ratio should be, and you're eating more than that, it does not mean that you're going over. It does not mean 
that you should ignore your cravings. It means that you should be not focusing on those numbers and focusing on your body that is outright saying, I need more fat. That's all there is to it. Now, the only thing I will say as far as the getting up in the night and eating sour cream is that, first of all, I'm a little concerned that there's some sort of perhaps, you know, we talked about this in the past, dairy addiction going on there. It is a real thing. You can absolutely be addicted to dairy. It is a known issue. You can go look it up if you want, but it could be, especially if you have started eating more dairy in the past few weeks while trying to get into ketosis, that now all of a sudden your body is legit becoming addicted. So if it's truly the sour cream that you're craving or other types of dairy like butter, heavy cream, those kinds of things, I would be a little concerned that that's happening. And if you do crave fat, eat another source of fat that's not dairy-based and see how that goes. See if you still crave it when you know it's not going to be dairy because that would be a sign then that it's more of an addiction thing and not your body actually needs this thing. So if you would go eat a scoop of coconut oil, that's your clue that you need more fat. If you just want the sour cream, lay off the dairy. (laughs) So those would be my two things to say with this one. But yeah, I think this is really just another great indicator of how many people are focusing on some sort of number besides what's going on with their own bodies. But good for Anne for noticing the craving. Yeah, right. That's super interesting for sure. I have no comment. I'm lactose intolerant. So no sour cream over here. I've maybe had sour cream once in my life. It's really good. I don't know. I don't eat it, but it is delicious. I don't know. Well, (laughs) what I do like is protein. And I'll tell you what, we've got a couple protein questions that we could roll into. Yeah. Lots of people talking about protein here. Well, it is important. The building block of life. It is very important. It is essential. And it also is always, always, always the most confused part of a keto diet. People can eat all the fat and none of the carbs. They cannot figure out the protein. Yeah. It seems protein and carrots seem to be <laughs> yeah. hot are topics. Carrots, are carrots carbs? <laughs> <laughs> so Lynn asks, is it possible that my body cannot tolerate too much protein? Does it come down to experimentation? Well, hey, look at that. Lynn has answered her own question for herself. This is very cool. Yes, your body can absolutely not tolerate too much protein. And you already are noticing that this is something because you're asking on the Keto for Women show. So you're already wondering if that is what's going on with you, which means, yeah, that's probably what's going on for you. And you should absolutely be experimenting with that. We all should be experimenting with how much protein we're eating and finding that sweet spot where you do tolerate it. You feel really good. You're not having these blood sugar swings when you eat it and still building muscle, feeling good in your workouts having this nice mental clarity, all that stuff that we want to feel when we have this perfect ratio for us that will change on a daily basis, as I just mentioned. But yeah, just experiment, have a little bit less at each meal, have a little bit more at each meal, whatever you need to do to find your sweet spot. And experiment what different types of protein, right? Yeah, for sure. It doesn't all have to come from like these super fatty cuts of meat or, you know, I think that's one of the things about the kind of old school keto that we talk about a lot between the two of us, Kristen and I, is this old school way of doing keto where we're having, you know, ribeye steaks and bacon and fatty burgers. But you can also get 
your protein sources from good, high-quality fish, good, high-quality chicken, good, high-quality turkey. There's a lot of other ways that you can get this protein and not just have to go to those fattier cuts of meat. And you might actually find that it might just be that you don't tolerate a specific type of protein or meat source right now. And that could be kind of the way for you to determine that you have a food sensitivity. Oh yeah, good point. Variety is the spice of life. Always. Yes. And it makes all food taste better. Makes you more excited for your meals is what it does. All right. So next up, Catherine feels the food coma, quote unquote, when she eats a big piece of steak. She thought that was only applicable to high carb eating. Any explanation, Sean? Yes, it's because that is not just applicable to high carb eating. It is also applicable to high protein eating. So especially if you are someone who has current blood sugar issues, if you have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, diabetes, any of those things, or just wonky blood sugar kind of in preparation to potentially get into an insulin resistant state, then you will notice that you don't tolerate protein at a high degree all that well. Your blood sugar will skyrocket, which you can find out by testing your blood sugar after having a high protein meal or just the way you feel. You may feel those symptoms of having a higher blood sugar. And if that's the case, then that means that you are eating too much protein at one particular sitting for your body. So again, we're talking about experimenting, finding that perfect spot to where we do find what works for us as far as protein goes. And this is all you're doing. You're just taking all of this information and finding that out. So Those people that do have that blood sugar handling issue will likely be able to tolerate less protein at each sitting because we do also have a blood sugar response with protein. And obviously, the more you eat at each meal, that higher or more sensitive that blood sugar response will be. So again, that's why I think the protein thing is so hard for people to figure out with keto because you have to find that sweet spot for your body and it totally depends 100% on you and your blood sugar. It is not what your neighbor is doing that is the right amount of protein because we really truly do want to get to that point where we're eating the basically maximum amount of protein that we can eat without it being excess and without us having this blood sugar response because protein is super, super important. So make sure you're just figuring that out. I personally would maybe cut that steak in half, add some butter to it because butter and steak is really, really good together. So having any sort of fat along with your protein will help kind of tone down the effects that it does have on your blood sugar. Make sure you're pairing that protein with some fat and have a little bit less. See how you do, test your blood sugar, or just notice how you feel, and then slowly work your way up with the amount of steak you're having until you find your sweet spot. So the flip side to that, Samantha asks, well, she says, I've been eating a keto diet since February 2018, staying between 0.5 and 3.5 most of the time. The last month or so, I found that meat, poultry, pork, and eggs are quite repulsive to me. Is this unusual? Yeah, this is, again, such a great question because you're answering your question right there. Your body is telling you that for whatever reason, meat, poultry, pork, and eggs are not good for you at this point. It doesn't mean that you should be going vegan or vegetarian or anything like that, but maybe you do need just even like a break for a few days from those foods and see if your appetite for them comes back. But 
especially if you are potentially having this blood sugar response, maybe you are still eating too much protein for your body, then that would be a sign. That would be your body's way of saying that because it would be like, I don't want to eat any more protein. It's causing a blood sugar response. It's not good for you. It's just giving you a cue. So perhaps you could even try, you know, maybe taking it back a notch, having some different sources of protein. You didn't say anything about fish. So maybe you could have fish for a little while, a few days, see how that goes, and then add in maybe just eggs, maybe just poultry, pork, something of those lines, and see if it gets better that way and not just kind of forcing yourself to eat it anyway, or because pork and eggs and meat are quote unquote, keto foods that you should be eating them. That could be too that you have this now like mental block against them because you've been eating a ton of them since they're keto foods. But there's a lot of other keto foods out there. I personally don't like to even say whether a food is keto or not. Just find those foods that do sound good to you and eat those. Don't worry necessarily about having to stay in this particular range for your ketone readings to stay where they are or your protein levels to be where they are. Just find those foods that do sound good and hopefully they're still real food and not, you know, chips and candy and give that a go for a while and see how that goes. But yeah, it is actually a thing. I really do think it is a thing for when you have a food sensitivity or your body just doesn't need or want the nutrients in a particular food at that moment that, yeah, they will sound gross. Well, food aversions are, in my opinion, one of my favorite signals to Mm -hmm. experiment with because it is pretty obvious, unlike an intolerance or something that may come out as a digestive symptom or a skin issue or headaches or whatever. You know, it's pretty easy to be like, well, am I feeling like eating meat again or not? Yes or no? Yes or no? So yeah, I posted on Instagram. I think it's been now probably three months or so. I randomly all of a sudden after five years of eating eggs almost every single day of my life, I was totally repulsed by them. I did not want to eat them. I had a full carton in my fridge and I just could not eat them. So I haven't really wanted them since. It's weird. I'm still waiting for the desire to come. I've had them once in a while over Christmas, had some and they were fine, but I'm just not into eating that. And so I personally really, truly feel that it was my body keeping me from having a food sensitivity. So it really was at the point like that day, it was like, you've had eggs too many days in the past five years. And if you keep this up, you're going to create a food sensitivity. Your gut's not going to be happy anymore. So I just took them out and I'm just waiting for that moment where I want to put them back in. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me of how back in the day we ate seasonally. It was kind of a forced way to not eat the same thing every day. You only ate the plants and the things that were in season and you didn't eat them for a half of a year until the following spring or whatever. And nowadays you can get cherries and grapes in the middle of winter and things like that. So we actually have to be mindful for ourselves to not eat the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, it's true because it is a convenience thing to eat the same things over and over and over again. However, when we do that, we quite often, I see this all the time in the Good Gut Project, you create food sensitivities when you do that. If you're eating the same thing every day, you will create a food sensitivity to it. So again, variety is the spice of life, Kristen. Didn't you know that? I sure did. You told me that about five minutes ago. (laughs) So I am a believer for sure. All right. Well, we have a few more minutes. Do we have another quick one? 
Yeah, we got actually a lot of questions about what kind of ketone meter you recommend. So I don't have one specific question, but there were a lot of folks out there wondering what's your recommendation. It's always a big question, which really it shouldn't be because there's only a few out there. Although back when I started testing ketones, there was only one ketone meter out there and it was a very expensive. And now since there is a competition, everything has gotten so cheap. It's great for all you starting now, but I always in every single episode, the show notes, every single one. So that means 85 now I post the ketone meters that I recommend. So I personally only recommend blood ketone testing. Urine is not accurate. I've talked about that before. You can go back and listen to those episodes where I talk about that. But also the breath, if you can get the technique down perfectly, then it would be something to consider. The hard part is that technique is very hard to do, and you're also just not getting quite the amount of information that you can get from a blood ketone meter. So I only recommend blood ketones. I think it's definitely worth the investment for sure. The strips now are super cheap. I have it listed on my show notes here. You can do the Precision Extra or the Keto Mojo are my two favorites. You can head to the show notes and get the link to get those. Or this is a great time for me to tell you all about my new favorites page on my website. So as you all know, especially if you follow me on social media, Instagram or Facebook, I love a lot of things. (laughs) And I love to tell you all when I find things that I love. I think that's a really important part about the job that I do is helping you find good quality products that don't have crap in them, that are actually real food, non-toxic, all that stuff. I take a lot of pride in my ability to do that. We sure put things through their paces and make sure that they work. They taste good. Yeah. And one thing I don't ever share are all of the crap keto foods that I get sent on almost a daily basis here at the Sean Minor Health Headquarters, which is my apartment. (laughs) But I get stuff in the mail. Kristen sees it. And a lot of it is total crap. And I do not even show you guys because I, unless I do a segment on this is why you should not eat this food, even though it's labeled keto, which I have started doing and it's actually really fun. But anyway, all of my favorites are now in one spot over on my website, seanminer.com. You can head right over at my website, seanminer.com slash favorites. You will see everything from lifestyle stuff. You know, there's even workout equipment, things like that. Of course, all the oils and the fats that I use, the healthy travel products I use, all that stuff will be right there. Super easy. So I never have to try to dig ever again. And you don't either. Just go to seanminer.com slash favorites. And of course, I have my favorite ketone meters over there that you can go and grab and figure out which one is best for you based on like if you have an Amazon account, if you want to just be part of a nonstop shipment where it comes once every month or three months or whatever. Those test strips. It's all up to you. Figure out which one is best for you. I like them both. All right. Kristen's first episode is in the books. How did she do everybody? Oh my gosh. Do not, do not do that to me. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm sensitive. No, she did very well. Super happy. I think this is really going to be great. Actually, what we're working on doing is creating the Keto Hot Seat episodes to be about a specific topic. So that's going to be really fun. I'll ask over on my social medias if there are any questions related to XYZ, like hormones, menopause, 
gut health, that kind of stuff. And we can really kind of hone in on one particular topic every single episode. I think that's going to be really cool. So be on the lookout for that in the near future. And other than that, we will see everyone next week. I have another great interview for you. You are definitely going to want to listen if you are someone that has hormones, which FYI, that's every single one of you out there. All right, ladies, have a great week. Take care. Bye. Bye.